The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Thanks so, for being here. Thanks doing for finally this. having me. My pleasure, dude. Uh, yeah, we talked about it a couple times. Yeah. The, the, my balls was hot one was the famous one. I don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how's man. things, man? Things been crazy. Been really I can crazy. only imagine. Yeah. After that knockout of Curtis Blades, like, uh, whew. I mean, that, that got a lot of attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it felt real great, good to knock him out because he was talking a lot of trash before the fight. Isn't that like par for the course though? Everybody talks shit before the fight. Um, even whenever I'm doing good though, he's been talking at least three years now. He's been talking mess to me. Really? Yeah. Do you take that shit personally? Um, I, I do because I'm not in there trying to sell tickets. Don't just come to me try to sell tickets to talk trash. You know, I take everything personal. Yeah, some guys do just try to sell tickets, mm -hmm. and then they they'll say it's not personal. It's just like. When Khabib Nurmagomedov was fucking up Connor when he was on top of him, pounding on him, going, let's talk now. Let's talk now. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, it's just business. You know, it's like, this is not business. No, no. I go into every fight like life or death. And I go, I enter a deep, dark place every time I step inside the octagon. So it's not business for me. What was interesting is after the fight, I mean, it was just such a spectacular knockout. But after the fight, you were so nonchalant. You were just so... Relax, and you're like, I couldn't get started in there. And everybody's like, mm -hmm. what the fuck are you talking about? You couldn't get started. You just It was one of the most spectacular knockouts in the history of the heavyweight division. And you're like, oh, I couldn't get started. Yeah, um, so I went back home and got my blood and everything tested. And my T levels was like in the 300s. So I had very low T. So it's like, you mean testosterone? Yes. You mm -hmm. have low testosterone? Yes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I would never if you had, if I was gonna make a bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like I try to spend all my energy on my wife, so it's kind of hard because <laughs> if I don't have the energy for her, then she'll think I'm out there messing around and stuff like that. So, so did they know why your testosterone was low? Um, Maybe overtrained or something? No, I don't. We we don't know yet. So I want to go to another doctor that the lady was just telling me about. Oh wow, yeah. that's crazy. So that's why you felt lethargic. Yes, yeah. yes. It was like that all week. So I, I, at first I was, I thought it was the jet lag or something like that, but it ended up just being my T levels. That was a, like one of the most perfectly timed uppercuts I've ever seen. It was perfect. Yeah, we practiced that for the last few months. So know. that was the game plan when he shoots to catch him coming in? Yes, either the knee or the uppercut. Um, we knew he was going to be there. We knew he was going to try to play the game, try to stand up for a little bit. Then the way he shoots, he don't really shoot like um, a real wrestler. He shoots like from the hip down and come in like that. He doesn't bend the knee and try to come in. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. So he goes, he hinges, he goes yes. forward. Yes, Why do you think he does that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know it's usually the wrestler, they – Drop a knee, then shoots. Yeah. But he just bend down, and I'm guessing he was just trying to grab my leg to pick it up or something like that. I don't know. So how, how did you get involved in fighting? What was your first experiences? First experience was, like, because everyone knew I loved fighting in the streets, like, every weekend at parties and stuff like that. And so one of my friends had told me, 
um, about MMA, and I was like, I didn't really know anything about MMA at the time. And he, t- he told me to watch this? videos. This was like 10 years ago. Did you have any martial arts training at all? No, I don't. I, I still don't have any martial arts training, really. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Of course <laughs> really. you do. You're a professional somewhat, martial somewhat, artist. I'm watching YouTube videos now, so I'm learning some stuff now. Really? Yeah. You're not you're not fucking around. Like really, I'm you serious. learn from YouTube videos. I learn I learn from my coach as well, but I watch YouTube videos and stuff like that too. So ten years ago, you had no martial arts training at all. No martial arts training. And where did you first start training? I just started training at a gym called Silverback MMA. And so, so this was ten years ago. You mm-hmm. just decided to learn. Were you thinking about being a professional? Were you just doing it for fun? Um, they say that. Back then, I thought like 500, 500 was pretty good money, you know. So they were saying that you could get paid um, $500. Um, there's three rounds of three minutes. I said, just three minutes? I didn't think three minutes was a long time until I got in there. It's like, damn, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so we just started training from there, though, and I fell in love with it. So it's, it's, to me, it's almost like street fighting. So it's like, yeah, I could do that. But one of the things that's changed about you over the years is your endurance. Your endurance is it, it came up in a big way. Like you can see in the Gabriel Gonzaga fight, you can see in a lot of your fights. Like you can mm-hmm. you can put pressure on people now, and and you have a, a lot of high volume, with which in the beginning of your career I think you had a harder time with. Oh yeah, I and mean, so that's really what we focus on now at um, Main Street Boxing Gym. It's my um, conditioning and my endurance and stuff like that because we feel like. That's the only weakness um, in my game right now. Yeah, but it's like you're so big. I don't even know if it's a weakness. I think it's just part of being a giant person. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. But like in the right Travis now. Brown fight's another example. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a crazy, fast-paced fight, but you, you know, you overwhelmed him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that fight, too. Before the, this this past fight with Curry, that was one of my favorite. And... That that week, going into Travis Brown fight, I took some laxatives um, to try to help me cut some weight. But, you know, I took it that Wednesday, and he was still lingering around. So it's like, man, he kicked me in my body. But he also broke my ribs, but I also did have to take a shit. That day. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't lying about that. So, yeah. <laughs> that was a ridiculous yeah. interview, though. <laughs> yeah, that fight was uh, that was that was a heavy-duty fight. There's yeah. a lot of bad blood in that fight too, right? Yes, and ever since then, like whenever I do my, um, you know how they come in a few days before the commentators try to talk to you, mm-hmm. and ever since then I stopped telling the the guys what's my game plan and stuff like that because I didn't know him and Brian Stan at the time was friends, and so oh. our game plan was to come in and try to um, kick his legs because he used to stand real wide. Mm-hmm. But whenever me and him fought, he didn't stand like that at all. Like not one time. So you think and Brian so, Stan went to him and told I him? I believe he, so. I believe oh, so. Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And he didn't tell you his strategy. No, he didn't. Damn, Brian Stan. So, <laughs> I'm just believe that that was the case because he didn't do that at all. And I watched previous fights of um Travis, and it, he always. He used to have that wide stance, mm-hmm. and he didn't do that at all for my fight. That's interesting. Um, do you watch a lot of tape on fights? Who? Do you watch tape on fighters when you're going to face I them? I used to. Like, early in my career, I used to, but then I stopped because 
they fight me different. Like if I'm watching tape on a wrestler, then by the time me and him fight, it's, he's going to try to stand up with me. It's just like when I fought Big Country. Um, I thought he was going to stand up the whole fight, and he just tried to take down, take down. But don't most dudes try to take you down? I mean, you have some pretty ridiculous punching power. I think a lot of guys, if if the option presents itself, they're going to try to take you down, right? Yeah, I guess so. But I prefer that anyways. Um, I, that's where I, I, I'm starting to breed and catch myself. And my drilling be pumping too high. Like um, I fought Ron Potts, and my drilling was out of, out of this world. And so I told my coach, if that happens, like in the fight with him, then I'm going to need him in the nuts on purpose. And so. <laughs> I don't I, think you should say that. Cut that out, dude. <laughs> Cut that part out. You can't no, say that, man. No, I, my drilling was just crazy. I just needed to calm down. So it was like beginning of the fight. And so I did it on purpose. And. Oh, no. You know, I knew they, I was going to get a warning. So I was like, okay. I'm calmed down now, so all right, we can go. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting strategy. Yeah. Do you, so what, what makes you what makes you get more amped up for some fights than others? Um, what's getting me amped up is um, if I'm looking at something that I want to buy um, after the fight, and so I'm like, okay, yeah. So you get excited? So, yeah, I get excited for that. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. You start counting your win bonus? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already counting my win bonus before I even get it. So I'm like. Like, give me an example of something that would that you would want to buy that gets you excited. Um, so we had wanted to buy some property in Colorado um, a few years ago. And so I was like, man, uh, if I could get this knockout right here, that we could buy cash. And so that right there it gets me excited to do stuff like that. So there's no more cars. I, I got all the cars, and, like, that don't excite me anymore. It used to, but, like, stuff like that. Gets what are you going to do in Colorado? Are you going to get, like, a vacation spot? Yes, we got, the, um, got like, 80 acres. Oh, and so, nice. Yeah. Nice. Where at? In St. Louis. Where's that at? It's, like, south of Colorado Springs. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, like, two hours away from New Mexico. Oh, all right. I, I fucking love Colorado. Yeah, so, so it's beautiful. beautiful out there. Beautiful. So peaceful too, right? Especially at night. It's I didn't those that many stars at night. It's like it don't even seem real. I know it's crazy. It's and so quiet out there. Yeah. It lets you know that you know we really are in space. When you look up like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Especially if you're high, right? Man, it's it's a different story right there. Yeah. <laughs> So for a guy like you, I'd imagine like you need some serious downtime because like the chaos of being a professional mm -hmm. fighter at the highest level in the heavyweight division, like there's a lot of pressure and stress. Oh yeah, that's why I don't watch fights. You know, mm -hmm. whenever I watch fights, I catch myself starting to sweat or like holding my breath. So like this past weekend, and I was watching one of the guys fighting. I was sitting next to my wife. And she noticed that I just started breathing heavy out of nowhere because I'm already daydreaming <laughs> yeah. about, okay, if I was in that situation, this is what I would do. And so, like, that's why I don't watch fights because it's still stressful. Yeah, so there was a rare thing you watching the fight Saturday night? Um, it just way how that one guy that's fight like Khabib. And I was like, oh, Islam Makachev? Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> and I yeah. was like wondering, like, if a guy would hold me down like that, like the whole fight won't be able to do anything, what would I do? That dude's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Islam's he's he's for real. That that grappling is serious because that kid Drew Dober is very good. 
mm-hmm. for him to handle Drew Dober that way, I was yeah. super impressed. Yeah. What did you think of the main event, Blahovich and uh, Stylebender? You know, I was going for Stylebender, but Blahovich, he just seemed too like strong. Like his power was like was a match with Izzy. Yeah, his power is ridiculous. That dude's got crazy power, and he's a big fella too. Yeah, the, he's the big. difference between yeah. a legitimate light heavyweight and a guy who's mm-hmm. a middleweight who just wants to test himself. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think he's he got what it takes to beat Jones though. Yeah, Jones, Jones is a different person. He's a different person. I mean, John, John Jones is you know that's top of the food chain. He mm-hmm. just figures a way around people. He figures out how to beat people. Yeah. But I gotta admit, when you see what Blahovich did. To um, uh, what the fuck's his name? Uh, the guy he not Jesus Christ. Dominic talked to Dominic Reyes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, my brain just short circuited. Dominic Reyes went five hard rounds to John Jones, and it was a real close decision. Mm-hmm. Blahovich blew him out in two rounds. Yeah. You know the thing about Blahovich is you can't fuck up. You know it's a lot like you. Yeah. Like you can't make mm-hmm. any mistakes. He hits too fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I would well, like to see that fight. I wish John, but I I want to see John at heavyweight too. What do you think about John coming up to your weight class? Yeah, that's good. Um, and you know, John cool. He's cool people or whatever. But I also like picture myself fighting him one day, and I I kind of know what his game plan would be if he ever faced me. You know, he'll try to attack the legs a lot. Um, I don't think he'll really try to take me down. He'll try to keep his distance and try to. Strike at a um, at, like at a distance or what? He'll try to stay away. You don't think he would try to take you down at all? I don't think so. How come? What you think that? Because I would love for a guy to get that close to me. Mm. You know, that's I believe that's their downfall whenever they get that close. That makes sense. They so clinch up, especially. Yeah. Well, John's very good at using those that that long reach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm just interested to see. I mean, he's at 250 pounds now. That's a legit heavyweight. He looks like a heavyweight for sure. Um, I don't think he should try to gain any more weight, though. I think, like, his walk-around weight is good enough because I believe he walks around at 240, 235, something like that. I don't think he should, like, keep trying to gain weight or bulk up as much as you think he should because um, Cain Velasquez and Stipe, they walk around like 235, 240. And so he'd be a natural heavyweight, really. That's interesting because there's a, there's two schools of thought, right? There's a school of thought that you should be as big as you possibly can to deal with guys like you or guys like Francis Ngannou, the, mm. the, the biggest of the big in the division. And then the other school of thought is you should be lighter, have more endurance, push more volume, move quicker. That's that's what I'm working on right now. You're working on losing weight? Endurance and trying to be quicker and stuff like that because being big is like you could last for like three minutes, four, four or five minutes, one round. And then after that, everything started going downhill. What do you weigh now? Like right now, I'm 290 only because I had Krispy Kreme this morning. <laughs> but we're going to cut that part out, though. <laughs> what do you want to get down to? I would love to get down to like 250, 245. Yeah? Yeah. Do you see that being possible? I think your skeleton weighs about 250. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying. But since I've been off, I've been eating my ass off, so. I would love to get down to 250, though. 
now I've watched a lot of your training videos and you do a lot of strength and conditioning stuff, like a lot of mm-hmm. like explosive work and shit like that. Would you change that and just do start start doing a lot of like long distance endurance stuff? Like how would you lose that kind of weight? No, I wouldn't change that. I love doing that. I believe me doing right that right there um takes a lot out of me and I love feeling fatigue after every workout. And so I wouldn't do that anything like that, but I would also try to run on a track or something like that, run a few miles around the track. That's something I've never done before. Would you? Oh, so you don't run at all? No. Would you, so what do you do for endurance work? I do Stairmaster. Um, we do um, elliptical bike and stuff like that. We I, I don't run. I haven't ran in years, really. Do you not run because you don't like it, or do you not run because of your joints? Cause oh, I just don't like it. It's yeah. boring. I mean, really, it's boring. <laughs> But if it was good for you, do you think you would – so this is the plan. The plan is to start incorporating that. Yeah, if it's good for me, you know, but it's hard, though. I can only you imagine. Know, I could probably do it for a few days, but after that, I'm like, uh, no, nah, I don't feel like doing all that. Well, I only weigh 200 pounds, and it's hard on my knees. Mm-hmm. I can imagine as big as you are, running is rough. Yeah, I'm sure it's rough. I don't like it. It's boring. Yeah, but you, I mean, I guess you could do other kinds of cardio, long distance cardio, long, long duration cardio to try to drop some weight, but you'd have to try to change your diet too, right? Yes, diet is the number one thing, but it's hard though. I'm living, I live right next to Popeye's and <laughs> all these Whataburgers and all these fast food restaurants. It's like, it's just like right there. Listen, man, I'm a giant fan of Popeye's. Spicy chicken and beans and rice, it's yeah, hard to pass yes, up. That yes. beans and rice is good. Yes, it's deadly. Yeah. <sighs> it's a problem. <laughs> but, like, if do you work with a nutritionist at all? I used to work with um, Lou Nutrition out there in New Jersey. I used mm-hmm. to work with him. But other than that, no. My wife, she's, she tried to look up recipes here and there. But she still needs a lot of work on it in the kitchen, though. Have you ever used the UFC's program with the uh, trifecta meals? Yeah, I did, and I didn't like it. Didn't like it? No, it's no. trash. <laughs> I told him it's trash. <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> what don't you like about it? It's not... There's no season, no no uh, flavor to it. Yeah, you know? I get it. Whenever I spit in um, the other guy's food, I really meant that. That shit was nasty. Oh. <laughs> That's right. You spit in his yeah. food. Why the fuck were they? Th- was that Ole Nick? Yes. Yeah, why would they send you Olenix food? I don't know. They're probably just trying to get rid of that shit because it was nasty. Do you didn't send it back to... I mean, they threw it out. They didn't give it uh, I don't know if they sent it back or what. I don't think uh, so. No, definitely not after they saw the video. <laughs> well, he don't speak English, so he probably didn't know what I was saying anyway. Well, he saw, probably knew you were spitting in his food. That's pretty universal. <laughs> what kind of shit were they giving him? Uh, I don't know. They look boring? Chicken breasts? <laughs> boiled broccoli? That kind of well, shit? Well, he probably got something good because I don't order no nasty shit like that. That was nice. I told him to put season on mine. So, like, for Trifecta, do you get to pick what they send you? Yes, you get to pick. So you can order something that's got seasoning and some spicy food uh-huh, something yes. good? Yeah. But whatever they was trying to give to him, it was not good. No? Mm. Maybe he's got some weird diet. He follows. Probably so, probably so. He's an interesting cat, that guy. Yeah. Not like, yeah. I never fought anyone like him. He's weird. Crazy grappler. Yeah. He finishes people when they're mounted on him, which mm-hmm, is nuts. Mm-hmm. The only guy I've ever seen. I think he's done it <laughs> twice. He gets him with that Ezekiel. Yeah. The, when he, he got me in, I guess the Ezekiel, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. He got me in that position. I was like, if my coaches never had told me about that the week of the fight, I would never know what the hell he was doing. Yeah, it's weird. And so it was like I was kind of panicking because he was suffocating me. 
with his skin. It wasn't just the, the choke. It was just mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe. So I was, like, panicking a little bit. Then he had said something in Russian, then let it go and smile. I was like, shit, appreciate it. Because <laughs> he almost had me. I was like, shit, I'm about to tap because I didn't know what was going on. So I was scared. I said, oh, okay, appreciate it. And he hit me in my stomach. I said, all right. That's hilarious. Keep doing that. Yeah, that guy's a, he's an unusual grappler. He just grabs a hold of people. He seems ridiculously strong. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. I've never seen anybody finish that, that move like he does. Where he mm-hmm. lets guys mount him, and like he grabs a hold of their neck, he, he puts it like this, yeah. and then he like opens up, so they think, "Oh, I'm gonna mount," and they move mm-hmm. in the mountain. <laughs> he sinks it in, yeah. and he squeezes, and he presses you down. I want to feel that. That's that's a crazy move. I want to know how he does that. I wonder if he's got like a certain setup he uses for that. Yeah, he's got what eighty fights. So yeah, he's been around. It's crazy. Yeah, he still loves it. I guess he's in his forties too. Deep yeah. in his forties, right? Forty five. Forty five. Yeah. What? When do you think you're gonna stop? How old? Do you have a number in your head? Um, it all depends. Um, if my body says sit your ass down, or <laughs> you know, we could keep going. It also depends on the money, you know. Um, right. If the money keep getting better, like it is, um, we'll keep going until USC say, "All right, we college." Well, you're in a position now where, you know, you're at the top of the food chain, right? So you got Stipe, who's about to fight Francis in a rematch. You've already beat Francis. And then you got John. I don't even count that as a beating Francis, you know, that fight right there. It was I a weird fight. People don't even talk, bring that up no more. Yeah, that was a weird <laughs> fight. What was up with that fight? My back was hurting. I felt overweight the whole fight. I had knee issues. I had a bunch of problems with myself. And I don't know what was going on with him. I think he was still fucked up because of the Francis fight. I think he was. The Stipe. Excuse me, yeah, the Stipe <laughs> fight. Yeah, I think that Stipe fight just fucked with his head. And he just, in fact, he got so tired in that fight and that Stipe overwhelmed him and beat him for the first time in the mm-hmm. UFC. And I think it was just bothering him. I for sure would love to run it back, though. You, you've you had some back issues over the years, right? Mm-hmm. What, what are the back issues? Um, it's my L4 and L5. Do you have like a bulging disc, disc herniated yes. disc? Mm-hmm. What bulging you, and herniated. Yes. What have you done to fix it? Um, I had knee surgery after the junior fight. Um, and so they were saying that my right leg was shorter than my left leg because that's how tight my back was. Wow. And so they ended up having knee surgery, and they said that I was compensating on it. And so ever since I had the surgery, I haven't had any serious problems with it. Really? That was it. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? It's weird how everything's connected like that. Yes, like a so knee problem can fuck your back up. I've been having the knee problem for like four years before I got it fixed. Was it meniscus? Yes, meniscus and his partial tear, torn on ACL. So did they replace the ACL? You know, ACL is still partial torn. They replaced the meniscus. So what MCL, did MCL is completely gone. Oh, really? Yeah. So did they reattach the MCL? How yes, did they do it? Yeah. They, yeah, I put some plastic things, anchors or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now it's good to go? Mm-hmm. What happened, it, I heard it, um, I guess, ruin pots. He got me in a knee bar. It was mm. real tight, and I didn't tap. And so ever since that fight, it been bothering me. Because in one fight you had, the Fabricio Verdum fight, you had to pull out because your back was so oh, fucked yeah. up. Mm-hmm. That was like the day of the fight, right? Yes. What was it going on with that? Um, I couldn't move. I couldn't um, even roll out of out of bed. It was like a cramping, sharp pain in my lower back. And that and was just from the herniated they, disc. Yeah, they 
the doctor came in and coaches, and it was the size of my fist, the knot in my back. Wow. It's crazy that it's all because of the knee. Yeah. And so since the knee's fixed, now your back is good. Yes. And did you have to do any back strengthening exercises or any? Yeah, I had to do therapy um, for like four months. And, yeah, ever since I done, I finished all of that, there was no more back problems. That's pretty crazy. Do you fuck with yoga or anything like that? Um, They told me that yoga would help a lot. You know, I've seen DDP been trying to reach out and help, trying to get me to do his yoga. Do you, have stuff. you been in contact with him? No. I'll connect no. you. He's no, great. I'm all right. no, oh, I'm come all right. on, no. man. Come on, man. I want to see you doing DDP no- yoga. He's a great guy, too. Okay. You'd love him. Yeah, I guess I'd, I'd give him a try, but I prefer like a woman try to teach me yoga, not no dude. Oh, I understand. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah, he he thinks it's different than regular yoga. Yeah, that's what I heard. Eh? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, well, he has like dynamic tension at the yoga. You know, he did, he add, he does yoga, but he adds like a bunch of other moves that mm. go with it. It's really tough. It's a very good workout. And, you know, yeah. he's in his 60s, and he can grab his foot and stick it straight up in the air and do, like, a standing split. It's crazy how flexible he know, is. I guess I'll give it a try since I got low T. So I'm just about <laughs> close as a woman anyway. <laughs> his whole thing was his back was so fucked up from pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So using yoga, he strengthened his back, and mm-hmm. that, that allowed him to extend his career. Okay. Yeah. I know a lot of guys whose back has been pretty fucked up, and yoga is mm. what saved them. Yoga okay. yoga put it all together for them. That's why I brought it up. But I understand. A lot of manly dudes don't want to be in there <laughs> doing yoga. Especially with another man, you know. Mm. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, it's like getting a massage from another man. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't do it. I, got, I like to relax, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah I don't know. It's odd, but sometimes dudes are the only ones that can really get in there. Get in there and work them muscles. Now, I know some big old Brock Lesnar Lesnar forum looking women that really get in there with the same haircut and everything. Shout out to Miss Linda. Appreciate it. Same haircut and everything. That's hilarious. Yeah. So what is like a, a, a typical training day for you? Do you do do you do straight do you ever do straight jujitsu or do you do just straight on MMA training? Like what do you do? Um, now I do strength conditioning for an hour. Then after that, like I rest for like three hours. Then I go back and do jujitsu and striking at the same time. So you just MMA style workouts. Yes. So you just mm-hmm. everything's pro- so. Um, when you say you do strength and conditioning for an hour, you do that every day. Yes. Um, Monday, I guess not anymore. It was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do that. And so every day is two a days, or do you have sometimes one workout a day? Like yeah, how do you some do it? wins Tuesdays and Thursdays is one one a day. And how did you do this from trial and error? Like, did you try different ways of doing it and different ways of setting up your camps? And this is what you found to be the best for your body. Um, I really just don't like training. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't even like. I don't like doing none of this. You know, I really just do it just to take care of my family. I do it just enough. If okay, I could last three rounds. So I can, I'm trained just the last three rounds. If I got to train five rounds, I'm like damn. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm try to train as much as I can just the last at least four and a half rounds. But if you're gonna fight for the title again, you're gonna have to fight five rounds. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna have to fight five rounds. That's the only thing that scares me. But you want to be the champ. 
I want to be the champ, but it's not my main goal is to be the champ. My main goal is to be rich like you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I ask people questions. But, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the best way to be rich is to be the champ. That's like your best path. And you have a, like a legit shot at being the heavyweight champion of the world. That, I mean, that's got to mean something. It just, my name and mixed with heavyweight champion of the world is so crazy because my past and the stuff I've been through in my life is just wouldn't be real. Well, well tell yeah. me about your past. Like, what, what about it makes it seem less real? Um, I guess, you know, like going through the system and stuff like that for so many years and being counted out and being left left behind by family members and friends and stuff like that and everyone turning their back on you, then being on top of the world and top of the, the, the sport and stuff like that. And my name mentioned um, by other great people in the world and stuff like that. And now other people are looking up to me then being heavyweight champion of the world just be unbelievable feeling. Well, it's got to be unbelievable already, right? I mean, yes, you're, yes, you're one of the is. top heavyweights on the planet Earth. It what is. What do you? It you got to be ranked like number two right now, right? Yes, yeah, I'm number two. Yeah, it's it's a crazy feeling. You know, I try not to think about it because it really don't feel real. You know, just feel like one of those highs that you wish you never been this high. I don't want to be this high anymore. <laughs> I'm sure to show you. Sorry, me on the mushrooms and stuff like yeah. that. I'm like, nah. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so, like, so tell me about your past. Like, what, what about like when you're saying going through the system? You mean the judicial system? Like, what, what about your past was? Uh... Yeah, I've been like in prison and stuff like that. I did three and a half years in prison. For what? For assault, aggravated assault. Uh, I don't see you assaulting people. That's weird. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, you should have been at my courthouse. You should have been in the, talking, telling that to the judge. I would have said that to the judge. Yeah, Your Honor, I think I think this is a mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so three and a half years mm-hmm. for that, and so people wrote you off. They felt like this is just you were just going to be trouble your whole life. Yeah, especially I had a full scholarship. Um, I was already I played the year. I ended up getting probation for that. I ended up playing a year of college at Kilgore Dream College. And I ended up violating because I didn't have a job and I had to pay my fines and fees and show up to my um, meetings, which no one wanted to help me um, to do. And so I ended up getting violated um, from that. And it was only a two-year probation at the time, juridification, and so no one wanted to help me. to go to my class and help me pay my fines and stuff like that because I was in college, you know, didn't have any money. And so they violated me. I went to prison for on a five-year sentence, but I got parole three and a half years. So you went to prison because of the <coughs> violation of not paying the fines? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the feeling of being counted out by the system, that's uh, one of the main problems that most people have with our justice system. They mm-hmm. said it doesn't really rehabilitate people mm-hmm. it makes people feel like there's no hope and mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it makes them resign themselves to a life of crime oh yeah yeah then it's really not no nothing they can really do to help somebody to re- rehabilitate themselves you know whenever they get out there's no programs they can really like jobs and stuff it's some jobs but not really good paying jobs like 
that they really need to really um, survive out here. So from going from that to becoming a successful martial artist, like, and to be, and I know you don't think you practice martial arts, but you definitely do. <laughs> but to be a successful fighter, you've you've uh, you've changed your future. But mm-hmm. I think you've also opened up a lot of people's eyes that maybe they can change their future too. If a guy like you can do it, then what's the difference between you and a lot of other people? Not much difference. <clears throat> Yes, my brother remind me of that all the time. Thinks he thinking that it, the fighting is so easy because I could do it that he believed that he could do it. I'm telling, you, it's completely different. It's not. Is it's your brother like big that. like you? Yeah, he's big. Yeah. Can he fight? Well, you can fight in the streets. You know, it's completely different fighting in the streets right. than mixed martial arts. But yeah, in the streets he can fight. How old's your brother? It's 31. I'm recruiting him right now. How much does he weigh? Where's he, Where's <laughs> he's he at? About 250. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, but listen, he's short, man. though. He's yeah. short. He's like 5'10. So's Daniel Cormier. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah. be short and still be the heavyweight champion of the world. I mean, Mike Tyson, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah but he's, uh, is he interested in doing it? Yeah, he is, but I'm, I, I told him, no, we're not doing it. Really? Yeah. Why? Because my brother too ghetto. First of all, they wouldn't. The world wouldn't be able to handle someone like him. Really? He's too outspoken and he's real ghetto. Man, I don't know if you can tell him to tone it down a little bit. We <laughs> no, might have. I, I tell him that every day whenever I talk to him, he's always going live and just want to be ghetto all the time. So he can't be doing that. You got to learn how to turn it off and on. And he's like, no. Is he the guy you get your Instagram clips from? No. No. <laughs> Dude, you get the best Instagram page out of any MMA fighter. I check your shit every day. I do. I check your shit every day because there's always something wild that you have posted. Yeah. Somebody reported me for something just now. Oh, like, you fucking for, rats. Yeah. What was it? It's the video I posted. Um, Which one? Kid getting, he ran into the back of the truck. He was getting that pulled one? by the truck. Yeah, the guy yeah. slid with the mm-hmm. rope hanging out to the yeah. rope. You got reported for that one? That's yeah. so tame. They should see all your other shit. They're know, reporting I'm you like, for that? Yeah. So I, I now what I do, I just keep them on there for a few hours or maybe a day or so. And then, then I them. delete them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I almost hesitated telling people how good your Instagram was because I didn't want you to get in trouble because it was so fun. Because <laughs> it's always dudes getting fucked up and it's always he's okay when yeah. you know that motherfucker's not okay. <laughs> That's what I started doing because I was getting reported a lot and I was like, Okay, he's okay. And people start asking me, what's the backstory? Is they okay? I'm so, he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of dead people yeah. that were on your Instagram for fucking sure. Yeah, the, and you don't, aren't you selling a he's okay shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we sold out. We sold out. Yeah. Oh, man. He's okay. She's I, okay. Sold out. I need a he's okay. She's okay. I feel bad. I yeah. feel bad. I don't know why, man, but when girls get fucked up in those videos, it makes mm-hmm. me feel bad. Yeah. When dudes get fucked up, I don't feel bad at all. It doesn't bother me at all. Snoop's got a great page, too. Snoop's yeah. always posting people getting fucked up. But yeah. he posts this one girl. She was drunk, and she was on the top of a truck. And the truck pulled oh, off, and that. she fell yeah. and landed on her head. Yeah, I posted Yeah, that. there it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I told the lady that did that. I'm like, damn, I know my head is messed up, but she really had cropped the hell out of my head. Yeah, what did she do? She Look, made my your head ear, smaller. too, in my ear. She's like, his head's too big. I'm going to make it smaller. <laughs> She did. She, she shrunk your head. my ear. Look my ear. My yeah. right ear. It's I she, don't have no ear. It looks yeah. like she took like a half inch off the right side just of your a, face. There's a rough <laughs> photoshopping job there. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. terrible. Yeah, well. 
<laughs> people think they know better. Like, oh, his head's too big. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start posting fucked up things on Instagram like that? Oh, I don't know. Probably mm, 16, 17. Which one's the, oh. yes, the guy with the hot dog. He's <laughs> like a hot dog in the dude's pants, wake him up and cuts his eye off. <laughs> oh, oh, what does the UFC think about your page? Um, They used to have that one guy, Randy. He used to always call me every day telling me, oh, Dana, why I want you to take it down? I'm like, no, I'm not taking that down. Like, no, no. I say, hold on, give me a few more hours. I'm going to leave it up a few more hours. That's hilarious. Yeah, he used to call me every day. Saying they Do you think it was really him. Dana White, though, or was it him? I That's what was... I was telling myself. It's probably Dana White. I bet Dana. I mean, it's probably um, him. Him, yeah. Yeah. I but then, then Dana White had messaged me one day on one of the videos. The guy had jumped off the roof. Well, he was trying to jump in the pool, but he ended up Missing. slipping on the roof and landed head first. Yeah. And Dana White said, White, what happened to that video? I said, I took it down. And he said, send it to me. (laughs) (laughs) And he ended up posting it on his page. (laughs) Yeah. I said, okay. Let me tell you something. If someone's saying, take it down, it's not Dana. (laughs) It's not Dana. I sent Dana some fucked up things. And he never never gets upset. Yeah, he's he's fine with it. But you figured out a way to make your... I mean, how many followers you got now? Just about almost two million. Yeah, and... I mean, a lot of it is people following you because of your fight career, but a lot of people are following it because of some wild shit you post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of celebrities, too. Like, I didn't even know they were following me. It's pretty cool, though. Um, got an invite to um, shoot some golf with um, Scarface. Really? That's pretty cool. No shit. Yeah. Look at this. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at him right there. Yeah. yeah. Brother, brother, brother Miles yeah. Scarface. Uh, I met Willie D. When uh, I uh, did uh, the improv in Houston, and it was like, mm. sometimes I get starstruck. Mm-hmm. You know, with him, I got starstruck. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, when I was delivering newspapers, I would listen to the Ghetto Boys yeah. all the time. And I was like, I can't. Sometimes you meet people and you can't believe that's really them. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're a real person? Yeah. <laughs> like, here you are right here. Yeah, then I had him on the yeah. podcast, and it was great. But Jamie fucked up, and half the tape got erased. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. The recording's good, but the, the, the video got fucked up. The hard drive filled up. Mm. <sighs> He'll come back again. <laughs> He'll come back again. It's the only time it's ever happened. It never happened again. Yeah, I had a chance to have Bushwick Bill on, but uh, we, we when we circled back, he apparently was in the middle of dying, mm-hmm. and right when we circled back, he was already in the hospital, mm. and then he died shortly after there, unfortunately. But, but I've always been a huge Ghetto Boys fan. Yeah, I love Ghetto Boys. But uh, Scarface was sick too, right? Didn't he have? Uh, yeah, he's getting lung or something like that. He needed a, a transfer. Yeah, yeah. Kidney tra- I think he needs yeah. a kidney transplant. Yeah, I think he still do. I'm not sure. I think so too. Yeah. So you golf a lot? Yeah. Is that like your recreation shit? Yes. That's what you like to do every week. Every week, just about every week. Yeah. Yeah. What else you do to relax? Um, just probably just go for a ride and through the city. That's about it. Go for a ride, chill with my kids, my wife. That's about it. Well, we were supposed to have a UFC. They were trying to have a UFC in Houston. They were mm-hmm. trying to do the title fight in Houston, but apparently Texas is like, not yet. Yeah, not the, yet. Um, the mayor, he was already tripping about it being 
fully open, 100% open. He was already tripping. He went on the news like right away and whenever that happened. He was saying that it, was, it wasn't a good idea. Look at Florida. They're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going open. to Florida next week, actually. Miami. Bro, they're wide open and they're fine. If you look mm-hmm. at their cases, their cases are no worse than anybody else's. Yeah. It's, and they have an old population. Florida, like the numbers, the average age of people is higher than most places. Yeah. And they're fine. It's retirement home city, right? Yeah. I think you got to let people do whatever the fuck they want to do. It's too long. It's been a year. You can't just lock everything down for a year, especially when we know what the disease really is. Yeah. Like a year ago, everybody thought it was like the plague and it was going to kill 10% of the population. Mm-hmm. It's, we know it's not now. But they was blaming everything on COVID and getting in a car accident, COVID. Right, if someone died, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Everything talk to me about your cars. What kind of cars are you into? Ferrari. Um, you got a Ferrari? Lamborghini, yeah. Really? McLaren. Really? That's yeah. where you're spending all your money? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I buy houses, too. Yeah. What kind of Ferrari you got? F12. Really? Yeah. Damn. It's the best sounding car in the world right uh, there. Yeah, pull up a, a picture of that F12. See if you can get a video of a Ferrari F12. That's a serious fucking car. That's the V12, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. That thing Straight pipe, IPE exhaust. Yeah. My friend, uh, Colian Noir, he's a, a gun guy on Instagram. Maybe you've seen him. He's a famous, uh, like, he po- posts all kinds of shit about guns. He just got one of those, too. Got an F12. Mm. But, yeah, <clears throat> that's a ridiculously fast car, too. Yeah. Yeah. Is that your favorite? Favorite cruise around car. If I wanted to like embarrass somebody in the speed, it's the McLaren, the seven twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So how many cars do you have? One, two, three. <clears throat> Look at that thing. About six. Six? Yeah. Let me hear this thing. It's a beautiful sounding car. Look at that thing. Woo! What color is yours? This red. Do you sometimes like get in it and go, I can't believe I have a fucking Ferrari? Every day. Every day. It's the same way with my home, my house. I'm like, every day I'm like, I'm just sitting in the living room or sitting at the kitchen table and I just look around like, can't believe it. (laughs) So I've been in the house almost three years now and I still... Like, can't believe it. And I pulled up to it, and I'm like, man, I can't believe it. Because I grew up in a 700-square-foot home, you know, um, in the projects in New Orleans. And being in apartments just about all my life until um, I got into the UFC. And so, like, living in a home like this is, like, so crazy. My whole life to right now is, like, so crazy. So that's why I really don't even really get high no more or really <laughs> drink because I'm already feeling like on top of the world. Yeah, you're high on life. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, it's got to be surreal. What is this here? Oh, this is my uh, Lamborghini. Damn. Twin Turbo. Look at that fucking thing. Which uh, model is that? Hard car. Jesus Christ, that's a good looking car. What do you take this into a drag strip? <laughs> Look at Derek Lewis, McLaren, he found everything, Lamborghini, man. Ferrari. He found everything. I was thinking my wife is back there. Jamie's the best. 
He knows my wife was back there, and she be finding all kind of stuff. She say, "Oh, you was here. Huh? Oh, you was doing this." I said, "No, I was." She pull up the receipts. I'm like, "Damn." Quick. <laughs> I said, no, that ain't me. That's Shaq. They say me and Shaq look alike. Yeah. Shaq's a ridiculously <laughs> big person. Yeah. Every time I'm around Shaq, I can't believe we're the same thing. He's, his hands are so big. Like, you shake his hands. Like, yeah. my hand disappears inside of his yeah. hands. I'm like a point guard next to Shaq. It's so crazy. When when you see a guy like Shaq, what's crazy is, like, he couldn't fight in the UFC because he's too big. Too big. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why, why do they have a weight limit <laughs> for heavyweight? I don't know. It don't make any sense to me either. So I don't get it. Like, why do you have to reach two sixty five? That seems so silly to me. Because there's That's a crazy. super heavyweight, right? Isn't yeah, that? super yeah. heavyweight. But there's no division. It's not real. I guess they feel like that it would be too fat and slow, and everyone would get tired real quick. <sighs> Maybe I don't know. Well, what does LeBron James weigh? He's got to weigh two ninety. What does he weigh? He might be slimmed down. I remember them no, saying two eighty was the claim like yeah. ten years ago. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's. Assume okay. Let's think he's twenty. It's two eighty. Let's say he's two eighty. He's not getting tired. Like you could be a two eighty super athlete. I mean, you know, probably two sixty five solid right now. You know. Mm. Yeah. I just think it's weird that there's a limit on the heavyweight division. Yeah, it'd be good if they change it. Yeah. <laughs> so in a way, not in a way, but like for sure, you're living the American dream. Yes. And in, in, in a good way, because, like, it wasn't good. Your life wasn't good in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know, I can't complain about anything, really. You know, even the bad days, I really can't complain about it. You know, because so crazy. And now it's like I try to help a lot of my family members out, but they're still trying to find ways to burn me at the end. Your you know? family members? Yeah, I brought just about all of them cars, like cash cars. And less than a few months, they sold all of them. Like every, each of my brother and sister, my mom, they all sold their cars um, for the cash. Oh, no. Yeah. And there was had some type of crazy excuse, but it's all good. Do you have a lot of people asking for money now? <clears throat> every day. You know, I already know what, what's the setup going to be. Soon as someone texts me or call me that I haven't talked to in a long time, I already knew yeah. the kind of story they're about to um, talk about before they ask for money. You got to do what I do. Change, I changed my change number. My number. <laughs> oh, I changed my number. I changed my number all the time. I changed my number all the time. And you my wife to, my right? wife thinks, oh, it's because some female or something like that. No, it's not really no females. It's no females at all. It's just like family members are. Some other guy is trying to get an interview with me that someone gave my number to. Yeah, that that becomes a problem too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah this uh, that's the problem, right? More money, more problems. It's hundred yeah, percent true. It's real. So true. And as you become more and more successful, it's going to be a bigger issue still. Like if you become the champ, yeah, then it's going to be crazy. Oh, it's crazy now. I already know. I I got men follow home like three times already. Really? By yeah. fans? Yeah. Do they have Usually, a knock on the door? Twice it was by some like different it was couples and twice it was like the woman was driving and the guy was in the passenger side wanting a picture. Like <laughs> making his girlfriend follow me to my house. Jesus to Christ. To take a picture. <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird shit being famous, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. But for you, I mean, to to come from being incarcerated, not having hope, 
into being in this position now. And, I mean, I can only imagine. It's got to be completely surreal. Surreal. That's what I said. It's like I really don't need to get high on nothing or <laughs> drink anything. But it's cool. Though. It's, it's a plus, you know, smoke a little weed here and there. Yeah, but, to relax. Yeah. <laughs> relax. Take the edge off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But does it give you more motivation to keep pushing too? Because you realize that what has been possible. I mean, you've you've done an amazing thing with your life. Yeah, so they give me a lot of motivations. Um, like, because I know how easy it is to slip up and go back into those situations. Because it was nothing but a street fight that ended ended bad for the guy I was going against, and ended up having to serve almost five years for it. So it could still happen. I could walk out of here and get in a street fight with someone and be, probably be way worse situation. You know? I think you got better lawyers now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, but you're not a you're you're an easygoing guy. Yeah, like, now I am. Yes, now you are. Mm-hmm. But you weren't back then when you were younger. Back then, I was just. I think I had a lot of anger built up in me. I wish I still do now, but back then it was a lot more. Um, I believe it was just the way I was raised, you know, um, wasn't showed that much love, you know, in my household and just the family circle. You know, I believe that's what led to a lot of my, my troubles in that's, the street. It's a lot of young men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, you have a, di- a second chance with your children to show them love because you didn't get that kind of love when you were younger? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, um, <laughs> My kids is like completely different than how I was raised. You know, I'm so happy that they're like making straight A's in school and making honor roll every uh, every year and getting already getting scholarships and stuff like that um, to go to big colleges. And so it's like already is my life is already unbelievable as it is, and just seeing that that's like make me so proud. That's beautiful. Yeah, so proud. That's amazing, man. That's what everybody wants, right? Yes. What everybody wants is like a happy life where it all comes together. Mm-hmm. And I, I think <clears throat> with a person like you, you really appreciate it because it wasn't always like this. You know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I tell people all the time, I don't regret. I don't, you know, wish nothing like that would happen. I believe that I had to go through that situation to, to be a better person than I am today. So it's like raising, being raised without a father figure and stuff like that. I felt like, to me, everyone is different. To me, I felt like I had to go through that situation to be a better father, be a better man here today. Because if not, then I for sure would have been going in and out of there. You know? For a lot of guys, <clears throat> growing up with a, a bad situation, like without a father figure, that's ultimately, ironically, what makes them great. Like mm-hmm. having this thing that you're missing when you're young, having these deficits in your life, having like a lack of love and all the, mm-hmm. it gives you all this motivation and it makes you, gives you all this energy to do something with your life. It's, it's ironic because like everybody, like I want nothing but good things for my family, mm-hmm. but all of my interesting friends had fucked up lives. Like all my favorite people, all the people that I know with the most character, their, their, their childhood was chaos. Mm-hmm. But I don't want my kids to go through that. You know, I want my kids to have a nice, easy life. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's ironic. <clears throat> Nowadays, you, you really have to really talk to your kids now, even though they're doing everything good in school and they're quiet. But now it's like 
the suicide rate is so high. You never know what's really going on inside yeah. their head, you know. Even though they're not in the streets or doing anything bad, but they stay in the room all day long. Like my oldest daughter, she's 17, and she stays in the room all the time. And, like, we, me and her mom, we talk to her all the time, and, and sure enough that she had those thoughts, like suicide. And, and is she staying in the room because school's closed, or she's just has she always been like that? Um, she always been like that, you know, just to herself, and she just want friends and stuff like that. We try to, like, tell her to go out and try to make friends and stuff like that. But with her, she want friends so bad that she willing to pay for their friendship. You know, like uh -huh. give them money and just buy them gifts and stuff like that. Try to tell her it's not the way to do it. And so she's in a real bad place right now. So we still try to talk to her. That's terrible. Um, have you thought about getting her involved in something where she can meet people that are doing things she does, like some kind of either a sport or an activity? or? Yeah, um, some type of art class. Yeah. Art, because she's a real good artist. She liked the Japanese art. She could really draw really good. Like so an we anime? Yeah, anime, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to get involved in something like that. So that's about the only issue with her. That sucks. Yeah, yeah it's. I think it's real hard for kids today with social media too. Social media. Well, social is, media. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, a book called The Coddling of the American Mind by this guy named Jonathan Haidt, and inside that book he talks about how there's a spike related to in suicides and self harm, particularly among girls, mm -hmm. that's directly related to the invention of social media, because. Mm -hmm. People are make they're fucking assholes on oh, social yeah. media. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of girls are comparing their life to other girls' lives, and and the you know they're they're comparing their pictures to other girls' pictures when these girls' pictures are photoshopped mm -hmm. and they're changing they're doing what they did to your head and shrinking the heads and <laughs> shrinking the bodies. I mean that's what they do, and, and you know people look at other people and mm -hmm. they they feel like they they just feel like they're not as good, <clears throat> and it leads to a lot of. Bad things, along with the bullying, leads to a lot of bad things. Yeah, and this is the thing I didn't know women do. They go to stores and take pictures with purses and stuff like that, or jewelry. Then they go to the restroom and take pictures, make it seem like they they brought all those things. And mm. come to find out they didn't. And that's the thing that's trending right now in Houston. They go to this, um, the Post, Post Oak Hotel and... They got a lot of cool stuff over there, and they make it seem like they brought all this stuff, mm. and they really didn't. Yeah, it's so weird showing people all your shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing that people are doing today. It's just social media has gotten everybody all fucked up, like doing things for likes mm -hmm. and doing things for attention. Yeah. And, and and then just paying attention to those likes, looking at it all day, checking to see what you got. You know, I think you're yeah. doing it the right way. Yeah. Just show dudes jumping off roofs and shit. Yeah, getting pulled into trucks. At least it's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. How old are you now, Derek? Thirty six. How long do you think you're going to be fighting for? If you had a guess, um, I would like to start fighting whenever I'm forty. That'd be great. Well, but after 40, it just be embarrassing after that. I see, It seems like the bigger fighters, they have a longer career. Mm -hmm. And, like, you re, you mature. That's always the thing with heavyweight boxing, too. You Except for Tyson, of course. But you, you mature later in life. And, you know, you 
I think maybe bigger guys, they, they get more coordinated as they get older. They get mm-hmm. a better control of their body. But, like, look at uh, Jan Bohovic. He's 38, you know, mm-hmm. and he just won the title last year. And there's a lot of, uh, like, top-flight heavyweights that are in your age range, you know? Mm-hmm. Like DC, he won the title at 40, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It depends on my body. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Like, my body been feeling good ever since the surgery. So, we just see. But you've had so much success, and you've had this success because of your body and because mm-hmm. of your hard work and the, the fights you've won. Do you, for a guy like you, it's like you got to have that in your head. Like, man, like this is this is what I'm using to make my life amazing. Yes. Like, how much more time has this thing got? Mm-hmm. The thing about with me, you watch my fights, and it's like I don't really don't take that much damage. Like been in like real wars, like um, JDS has been in, and or yeah, the other guys at the top has been in. You know, Stepe been in a lot of wars and took a lot of damage. You know, I believe stuff like that would shorten your career quicker. A hundred percent. How do you avoid taking damage? Um, I just, I guess, just go to Wayne's, look scary as possible. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know, you know, so I don't know. Well, you being big helps, and also <laughs> I think your endurance helps too. You know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of guys, uh, one, one of the things that happens, they start fading and then they start getting beaten up, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. It's like, I like in my fights, I I'm fighting with myself. I'm not even really worrying about my opponent. I'm fighting with myself the whole time. Like, How so? All right, don't do this. Don't do this. Okay, you can throw this punch, but how do you feel after you threw this punch? All right, you got a little tire right there. Okay, take a little time. All right, you can throw right here. Okay, see how you feel. I'm trying not to get tired. I'm fighting myself. I'm trying not to get tired after every movement I do. And so, okay, you're tired right now. So, okay, wait, wait. All right, wait till he clinch you. Then he clinch you, then we probably could finish him right here. Does so. that show you uh, how important uh, experience is? Because that's experience, what you learn. Yes, experience from day one. My first amateur fight, I gassed real bad. I gassed so bad I had to put my hands on my knees. And, like, mm. even the guy was walking towards me, he was, just was hitting me because I was just so tired. I didn't wasn't even feeling the punches anymore. So I didn't want to be in that situation anymore. So now, but that seems like it's not just endurance, right? It's knowing when to put on the gas and when to when to slow down, mm-hmm. knowing your body, yes. right? Like come experience come into play. Um, I learned a lot, like being in the USC fighting all these different type of fighters. It's like, okay, they could have way more skills than me, and I feel like that if my endurance and conditioning is it's decent enough to um, to finish the guy, no matter what round or how many seconds left in the fight, that I should be okay. Jamie, I'm gonna send you something. Is me reacting to him knocking out Volkov? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite one of my favorite clips because that knockout was so crazy. We were in the middle. Here it is. Right here, I'm gonna send it to you right now, Jamie. Here, I just uh, airdropped it to you. Wait a minute. Why is it not working? All right, is it going through? I've got two Jamie Vernons here. Yeah, my computer and phone. Okay. I'll try both of them. 
You got it? Okay. So that fight, to me, was a, a perfect example of one of the reasons why people love you. Mm. Is because at any moment in the fight, yeah. you could end that shit. And that was a fight where you were, you were behind on the judges' scorecards. And we were just saying... It doesn't matter. Like, at any moment, <laughs> Derek could knock him out. Like, yeah. that's the thing that's exciting about you. But the UFC, because we go so crazy, the UFC's decided to put these cameras on us. Give me some volume on this. <laughs> Look at everybody going crazy. <laughs> We were going crazy. I had to get up. I had to stand up. I couldn't take it. That my, was so um, nuts. My coach, um, my manager, my manager at home, he fainted. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, Lou say he fainted. Like, he couldn't take it either no more. So everyone was just so so pumped about that. And I heard that some police was called because my neighbors, our fans was um, just going crazy after oh, the fight. Oh, man. Oh, that was... That was yeah. wild. That was one of the best come from behind knockouts ever. And it, but it was it was wild too because we just got done saying like don't mm -hmm. count him out. At any moment he could knock him out and then boom, you catch him with a big punch and then yeah. drop him and then boom, put him away. Mm -hmm. We went nuts. I like whenever my coach say, "Okay, we got a minute left, 30 seconds left." Then I'm like, "Okay. Try the game." So I got I have to let everything out. Um a lot of my fights I finish in the last few seconds of the fight. So I like to, to wait the last minute or last two minutes left to really show what I got left in my tank. So, Well, that shows your hard work, mm -hmm. that you can keep that power in, in like d deep into the fight. That means you have did the work in the gym. Like mm -hmm. you, you still have the, the gas. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your most satisfying knockout? That was, yeah. The crowd made it real excited, satisfying because the way they reacted, you know, then – Seeing that one guy that played in um, the one movie, um, Grunt, uh, Group, Brute, what movie is that? What Gardens, Gardens of the Galaxy. Oh, Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's seeing a big his, fan. seeing his reaction, it was like <laughs> it made it all work well. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a big one. That was a big one. Yeah, yeah. I wish the fans was here for the Curtis fight. I'm pretty sure they would have went crazy for that one, too. A hundred percent. I screamed in my house. I screamed in my house. My wife, every now and then in a fight, like, you know, when I'm watching fights at home, I scream. And mm -hmm. then my, my wife has to realize I'm watching fights because I'm by myself in the theater going, oh! Yeah, that was that was one that um, for sure would have got a giant reaction from the crowd. Yeah. Is it, yeah. Is So what is, like, do you have a, a favorite moment as a fighter? Or do you have you you have so many knockouts? Yeah, you have the most knockouts ever in the heavyweight division. Yeah, it's crazy because I wasn't even really going for that. Um, my favorite one it has to be Volkov, Volkov, because I was telling my coaches in my camp before that fight, it's like I'm fighting a Russian guy. It'd be cool if I could um, get one of those Rocky type fights. <laughs> and sure enough, it was a Rocky type fight. I mean, like so crazy. So crazy. And ended just like a Rocky movie. Yeah, there it is. Boom. My goodness, that was crazy. Then like a few minutes before that, he's I hit him and he's saying that his mouthpiece was my mouthpiece. I said, nah, that's not my <laughs> mouthpiece. I said, he boom, okay, I guess. Yeah, that yeah. that was pitched that that KO. Back up to the the right hand again that drops him. 
That shit was picture perfect. Here it is. Boom. I mean, timing, distance, everything. It was picture perfect. And the fact that you did this deep into the fight. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. Does, this feel, does it feel surreal watching yourself? Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. <clears throat> when you watch yourself on television, like, what goes through your head when you see something like this? I'm like, man, I don't look that fat in person. <laughs> I always look fat whenever I watch my highlight. Like, then you see me in person, like, you lost some weight? No, I ain't losing no weight. That's the TV. It probably was a Fox Sports. Fox Sports, ESPN, I think I look a little smaller now. Fox Sports cameras make me look fat. Uh, I think everybody thinks they look fat when they see themselves on television. I think I look fat when I walk by a mirror. I'm like, come on, really? What's all this shit? Yeah. But, you know, if you do drop down to, you know, whatever you want to get to, the 240 or two, maybe, maybe then you can see a little six-pack. Yeah, then, you know, I'll walk around. I walk around with no shirt, but now I don't like walking around with shirt. Well, no shirt in front of my sons, my boys, they always call me fat. Because <laughs> they got six packs. So, they, like, I make it seem like they don't bother me, but bother I, cr- I go and cry in the room. <laughs> <laughs> How do they feel about their dad being one of the baddest motherfuckers uh, they on earth? Care. They don't they care. They don't care? Yeah, the neighbors in the backyard, like, that lives behind us, said, we know who your dad is. Your dad is famous. And I heard my boys say, say something back to them, said that, we know. We don't care. And I'm like, what? Don't I say? Don't be mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> they say they don't care, but they must yeah. care. They have to. They spoil though. My wife spoils them. I try not to. I try to give them lessons, make them earn everything that that they get. Did they have any any interest in fighting themselves? No, they wanted to fight. I wanted to box and put them in boxing class. Then. Now they're saying they don't want to get punched, so they don't want to do that and then play soccer. I said, okay, cool, play soccer. I don't want them to fight either. I don't even want them to play football. Yeah. Football may be worse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Concussions and stuff like that. Did you feel like that when you were playing football that it was more dangerous than fighting? Not at all. That's all I wanted to do is play football. Yeah? Yeah. So if you had your way to go back, you would have done that instead? Yeah, I would have um, played football, yeah. Do that was en- my number one sport. You enjoy it more? Yeah, especially being in this situation and playing football, it was a team sport, so I could really blame. Okay, it was it wasn't my fault. It was <laughs> the defensive tackle fault or the linebacker fault. But now there's so much pressure on myself. Like, okay, if if I lose this fight, it's really all on me. Yeah, but if you win this fight, it's yeah. really all you. Yes, yes. Yeah, if somebody else scores a touchdown and you win, you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you knock a yeah. motherfucker out like you did Volkov, yeah, that's you. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, man, you have more knockouts than any heavyweight in the history of the sport. It's giving me goosebumps just hearing that. It's Isn't like, that crazy? <clears throat> because I watch like the highlights of Randy Couture, mm-hmm. seeing uh, his highlights and all like Shane Coleman and stuff like that. The guys that was really knocking out everybody back then. It's like. For me to pass them, it's like so crazy. Passed everybody. Yeah. Is there any fighter from the past that you wish you uh, were in the same era as them so you could have fought them? I guess you just say Kimbo because Kimbo. everybody, like before I even got into UFC, they was asking me, you think you'll fight Kimbo? I'm like, 
Yeah, I would fight him. And just like everyone still asks me that. And they don't even know Kimbo passed away already. Yeah. And like people that don't know anything about fighting really still ask me, do you think you'll fight Kimbo one day? I'm like, hope not. <laughs> he was an interesting case, right? Because he yeah. made, he became famous from the internet. Like mm-hmm. one of the rare guys that became famous from street fights from yeah. the internet. I believe that's when YouTube had came around too. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. That's when it really got popular because everyone was trying to go watch fights, really. That's really all you could really do back then on YouTube is watch fights. Yeah, YouTube was in its infancy back then, right? Yeah. There wasn't much going on on YouTube. Everybody just watched YouTube because of fights. I didn't really know anything else to do on YouTube but to watch street fights. I admire that Kimbo went from that with no real uh, experience in grappling mm-hmm. or kicking or anything and then took a chance and fought in the UFC. I mean, that, that took a lot of courage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was a big fan of his back then. I mean, he was famous when he got into the Ultimate Fighter and mm-hmm. really didn't have a lot of experience in MMA. I mean, fought a little bit in the lead XC, mm-hmm. but, you know, relatively small amount of experience in martial arts, really. Just really had good hands. Yeah, I believe his career is similar to almost mine. And so, you know, I started following him back then, too, as well, because I felt like the same way. You know, people treat me the same way as well. Uh, what do you so, think of this uh, bare-knuckle boxing that's going uh, on now? I couldn't do it. Yeah? I pray I'd never be in that situation where I have to be, like, going in there and fighting for financially to be going against guys like, bare knuckle boxing and stuff like that it just looks so painful yeah you get cut up <laughs> yeah. a lot of guys get cut up yeah i'm already an ugly guy so i can't really <laughs> I can't can't go in there like that did you see the cut that chris lieben got in his fight chris lieben see chris lieben versus um what is his name dakota dakota johnson is that his name he fought this guy and he had this like an axe wound on his forehead. Like, people don't realize, like, how much... Yeah, look at this. Man. Yeah, seriously. People don't realize, like, how much guys get cut open from just the the bones of the knuckles. I used to wonder. I used to think that... Oh, yeah. That, Knight. Jesus Christ. Jason Knight got Man. fucked up, too. And Artem Lobov. Look at his face, too. The goat. Yeah, both these <laughs> kids. Both these guys, their face is just destroyed. Yeah. It's so crazy that they legalized that, though. Yeah. But is it, like, because you can elbow a guy in the face. You, you can know, elbow you, in there? No, but I mean, oh. in MMA, and elbows oh. slice people open, too. But it just seems like you get sliced open more in yeah. this. I, I just think I it's crazy it. that yeah. Paige Van Zant's in it. Yeah, that was that's crazy. As pretty as she I is? I think that she got paid a few million for that. Is she really? Yeah. Wow. If they came around for a few million, would you think about of doing course, it? Of course, yes. That's yes. the problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> How much are you getting paid for like a big fight in the UFC? <clears throat> I don't know if it, I you're not allowed to say it. Yeah, because don't say the it. way they they set set it the pay up right now is like. Mm. I get it. No need to discuss it. But so it's pretty good though. Yeah. Obviously, you got a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, and a McLaren. You live in a big house. You're doing great. But uh, I guess with Paige, she just wants to do it anyway and show everybody she's not just pretty. She's also well, I badass. thought she was just pretty, but yeah, <laughs> I, I watched I watched the highlights of her her last fight and she did pretty good. Is she tough? Mm. She's tough. It's just it's amazing that uh, 
She's well, but I guess it makes sense if they're willing to pay her that amount of, that amount of money. The money talks. But there's a lot of fighters that are leaving the UFC, you know, the, at the end of their career, and then going over and transferring into bare knuckle boxing. But you just, you know, I'm just hopefully that you know, like Bellator, PFL, and all the other leagues that's out there are really paying this good, like I'm hearing. Yeah, I hope that there's more competition like that. that yeah, fighters can negotiate mm-hmm. against you know if it promotions. wasn't for them then it would be like um the negotiation would be harder yeah for fighters so I'm like that's good that they're around yeah it is good that they're around it's good that they're willing to you know the, the they're willing to make big bids on mm-hmm. fighters that they think are, are worthwhile guys like musasi you know ryan bader all these guys that are going over to bellator and i'd yeah. so you need competition. You know, it was really strong when the UFC had Pride against them, and Pride was gigantic. Pride was mm-hmm. as big as the UFC at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a real legitimate competition. And then when the UFC bought Pride, for the longest time, there really wasn't much competition. You know, there was mm-hmm. Strike Force at the time, and the UFC bought Strike Force. It's not good for the fighters. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good for the business either. Yeah. Like, it's better for everybody. Need competition. Yeah. yeah. Like, look at boxing. You've got all these different promotions. You've got Mayweather. You've got Bob Arum. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, Eddie Hearn. You've got all these different promoters. That one guy wear the dresses. The guy that wears the dresses? Who wears um, dresses? Who's that? Della Hoya. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Golden Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Coke right. Cokehead. Cokehead. Yeah, that's yeah. what Dana called him, Cokehead. Yeah. Cokehead. The one guy that wears the dresses. I don't even think he's wearing dresses. He was wearing fishnets and high heels fishnet. and shit. I think it was a dress, too. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. Yeah. yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. Get you wearing fishnets. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Yeah. Some Russian broad set him up. Took the pictures. Man. She just wanted to push him. Put him out. Yeah. She must have had some good good. She was hot. Yeah. Yeah. She got him to wear the that. stockings. I want you to do this for me, Oscar. <laughs> Put on fishnets for me. <laughs> okay. Fishnets. Let's do it. What kind of conversation do you have before you put on those shoes and you pose with the boxing gloves? I mean, what kind of crazy shit did he say? I don't know. (laughs) What's up, Jamie? It's it's actually both. There is another picture. I don't know if it matters a whole lot. Oh, Oh, the dress? dress. I just have a little something. There's a girl. Let me see. Zoom in on her. Woo. Look at him. She nice. Yeah, I don't... uh, yeah, look at his eyes. He's he's on another dimension oh, right yeah. now. <laughs> Coked out of his mind, wearing a tutu, <laughs> dancing around her apartment. Oh, she's snapping Polaroids. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's uh he's an interesting character, but I guess he still promotes fights. He doesn't promote Canelo anymore. Him and Canelo had a big falling out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know anything about Canelo until he fought Mayweather. You know, I didn't, but. He's a good fighter. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Do you follow boxing? A little. A little bit? Just re- really like the heavyweights, uh, someone that's entertaining. You know, I really don't keep track of him that much. What do you think about all the shit that's going on with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua <laughs> and Andy Ruiz? There's a, there's a lot of good fighters right now in the heavyweight division. It's an exciting time. Yeah. Um, um, what's his name? <laughs> um the bronze bomber or whatever. Deontay Wilder. The Wilder, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's crazy that he's he's not calling out Fury right now. He want to fight 
like someone else. Some He's trying to find Andy Ruiz. Yeah, I yeah, think I'm that's like, the latest. I want. I would be calling out Fury again. You know, it's one yeah. one already, so it's like for him to go away from that. And it's like it don't look right. It doesn't look right. No, there's there was a lot going on with uh, that fight. I don't know if you know, but he made he came up with a bunch of crazy excuses. Yeah, I was hearing the excuse every few months. Now it was the um, the suit was too heavy, and someone poisoned his water. Yes, yeah, water's uh, poison. He thinks Mark Breland like had some sort of a deal to sabotage him. Yeah, that's why he threw in the towel. And Trump lost the election, and <laughs> South Park episode was, was supposed to be canceled. <laughs> well, he thought that uh, Tyson Fury had an egg weight in his glove. Egg weight. <laughs> and he also thought that the glove was not attached correctly. He thought that the he wasn't hitting him with the padded part of the glove. That the glove was like pushed further up on his hand so that his knuckles were like hitting the wrist area. And that's where his knuckles were. And it's crazy. There's all these videos detailing how Tyson yeah, conspiracy. Fury. Conspiracy. Yeah. It's so, so stupid. Because <laughs> they don't understand like what Tyson does. He does this kind of shit with his hands. Mm-hmm. And if you catch this in fo- like if you do it in a, as it a photo like, or in yeah. slow motion it looks weird but it's because he's showing you this mm-hmm. and then dropping the right hand yeah. and that's what he does it's always what he's done if you watch that it's in all of his fights but he also can do this like it's it they're, they're gloves he's got yeah. gloves on yeah he's wearing the gloves right he fucked you up <laughs> it's, it's just a fight and it sucks because i like deontay and I, i'm a big fan i think he's probably the most exciting one-punch knockout artist in the history of the heavyweight division. I mean, mm-hmm. he knocks guys out. Like, he hits them on the forehead and they go to sleep. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. He's got crazy power. It's just sad when a guy is used to winning, only Come winning, and then loses one fight and doesn't say, hey, he was a better man, back to the drawing mm-hmm. board. I'm going to figure out what I did wrong. Instead, yeah. he's got crazy excuses. Like, there's a mm-hmm. weight in his glove, and I was poisoned, and the weight, the vest was too heavy, and... <laughs> So like, um, Conor McGregor, he has a lot of excuses as well. In the last fight? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he had legitimate excuses. Like Dustin Poirier did fuck up his leg, and he said he wasn't mm-hmm. ready for that. And he also said he was training for Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. But he also said at least that Dustin was the better man. Yeah. He's a better man that night. So he And he wants immediately to do it again. Yeah. Which I respect. Yeah, it's going to be a good fight. I like Conor. I like watching the fight. I like hearing him talk, see what he got to say. It's uh, it's interesting how valuable personality is. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. think about that guy. Obviously, he's had some spectacular fights: the Jose Aldo mm-hmm. fight, Eddie Alvarez fight. I mean, he's done. He had some amazing knockouts. But it's also a lot of it is personalities. Personality mm-hmm. is so valuable because people want to watch him fight. They just want to watch. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy though. He always has me laughing. I just feel sorry for those little guys, though. Like, having to go to a press conference and talk. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he can't really say anything. Yeah, he talks so much shit. He's so good at it. Him fighting Cowboy, and he was talking shit to Cowboy before the fight. I'm like, I feel bad for Cowboy because he couldn't really say anything to him. Connor be on his shit, though. Well, Connor's just too good at it. He's yeah. just he's just much better at talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> the best example to me was the Joe De, Jose Aldo fight because yeah. Jose Aldo had he never, wasn't used to it. Not at all. Yeah. Everybody respected him. <laughs> Most of his opponents respected him because mm-hmm. he was a I mean he was the greatest featherweight champion of all time at that yeah. point. Yeah. And to have Conor just talking mad shit for mm-hmm. months and months, and they went on a world tour. 
So they did a press conference after press conference, yeah. and Connor's just talking mad shit, and then knocks him out with one punch. Yeah, yeah. I guess Connor kind of seen that too. Try to get under his skin. Mm-hmm. Guys from Brazil try to get under his skin. He's not used to it. And he just knew that he was going to try to come in and try to take his head out because he built up so much hate. Yeah. So it worked. His game plan worked. Yeah, but it backfired against Khabib. Oh, yeah, Khabib. Because when Khabib was on top of him, beating the fuck out of him, going, let's talk now. Bam. (laughs) Let's talk now. (laughs) Man, that's like, I would be so mad about that. Yeah. (laughs) Fighter ever. He probably had to catch me in the parking lot. Uh, Yeah, Khabib's an interesting character, isn't he? He's good. He's the best lightweight of all time, for sure. 29-0. and Mm. Maybe lost one or two rounds his whole career. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and the, you know those rounds is not like he lost in a big way. He was just kind of coasting. Yeah. To me, to me, I go into a fight not even worrying about trying to win the round. I'm trying to win the fight, so I'm not even trying to make it to the de- decision. Do you ever think about decisions? Do you ever think about no. scoring points? No. You're just trying to knock people out. Yeah, that's it. Maybe that's why you have the most knockouts ever. That's what I'm going for. Well, that's, that's, well, I'm trying to just finish him. I'm not trying to go to the decision. It's weird going to the decision. Yeah. I'm always shocked. Every time I win the decision, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Banging my chest. I'm like, I'm, it's always so weird, though. You know, that's I never funny. have a good feeling in decision. It's funny because that's most people, that's the majority of their wins. But we yeah. it's opposite. It's like, yeah, it's so weird. Have you always had that kind of power? Yes. Yeah. What do you, do you attribute that to? It's like, is it from just... Oh, probably my father. My, my dad, my, my mom said my dad used to be like that in the streets and stuff like that, like knocking everyone out. I believe that's what it's from. And most of it, maybe from my anger, just built up, just wanted to just rip somebody's head off, you know. Well, power's a weird thing, right? It's like you either have it or you don't. Yeah. You can get stronger. You can hit a little harder. But mm-hmm. to have the kind of power like you do, mm-hmm. you, you can't train that. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. Um, some of the boxers, they seem like they have a lot of power. But whenever you see them start, um, not boxers, basketball players, they come to the gym. Like a couple of the Rockets come to the gym. Like James Harden came to the gym. And you see them hitting pads. It's like. Snow power behind their punches. And, you know, they big guy, big strong looking guys. It's like they pity patting whenever they hit the um the mitts I and mean, they're trying to hit it as hard as they can and they just can't. Yeah, it's a weird thing. You either have it or you don't. You know, um I don't know you know, I don't think they've ever figured it out either. I don't think there's like I know that like there's the size of your fists, the width of your shoulders, the size of your shoulders, there's a lot of things along that, but it's also you either have it or you don't. Yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah, hmm. it's a. It, I don't think there's anything like it in any other. Like, for like athletes in any other sport, you can get stronger, you can lift weights, you can get more powerful. Mm-hmm. But d- just in terms of striking power, I don't. I just think y- your body's either designed for it or not. It's yeah. very strange. So I, I feel like I'm living like a um, a simulator, and so simulation, a simulation, yeah. and it's like. Whoever picked me, it's like, okay, you know, they do speed, do grappling or whatever, and they put strength all the way up, and they spent everything on strength and power. And so it's just like my life just feel like a, a simulator. I think you, you have those things, but I think it's also your mind. 
Mm-hmm. Like you, you stay calm in there, and you yeah. f- you find ways to win. And there's there's moments in fights where guys get overwhelmed by chaos, but when I watch you fight, you find ways to win. Mm-hmm. You're always you're always seeing through all the bullshit, mm-hmm. looking for a way to win. Yeah, like I said, I'm think I'm talking to myself the whole time I'm fighting. I'm like, okay, we gotta we gotta slow down right here. We gotta keep going. It's like they could hit me a thousand times, and I'm like. I'm still the same. Like, you can't really rock my my spirit within. Now, where does that come from? Did you ever have you ever worked with a mental coach? No, I think it was I had got a hold of some bad weed in high school, so maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> no, I don't know where it come from. It just just always been you. Yeah. Do you think it's just from getting through tough times in life? I believe so as well. To going through some pretty bad situations and coming out of them. It's like, man, if I made it, you know, how some people like pray to God and say, man, Lord, if I ever get out of this situation right here, then I ain't going to never do that no more. And so it's, I believe it's stuff like that. I think also when you go through those bad situations, being inside the octagon is not as bad. As, oh yeah, you know, because yeah. it's like the fight's gonna be over in three rounds, and you'll you'll go on with your life. Mm-hmm. But for, you know, for I some, com- I compare like I see my grandfather like battle with cancer and stuff like that, and and I knew how tough he was, and like to see him go through all that pain and stuff and suffering that that he did the last few months that he was here, it was like man, if I could just go through just this whatever I'm going through right now in life or if I could just go through this for 15 minutes uh 25 minutes then I should be all right but my grandfather had to deal with that pain every day all day the suffering that he went through and you know so I knew how tough he was and for him to be calling out for me to help him do certain certain things like to help him go to the restroom or get some water or even for him to just to sit up and I just knew it was just real tough for him. Yeah. Well, seeing something like that puts it all in perspective, right? Yeah, for sure. Now, after the Curtis Blades knockout, <clears throat> where does the UFC uh, have you lined up? Do they Are they telling you, hey, I, we want you to face the winner of this fight, or we want you to face John Jones? Like that, I think what they're saying now is they want John to face the winner of mm-hmm. Francis versus Stipe. Do, yeah. Do you they, know where they, that leaves you? They didn't say anything, really. Right now, we're just trying to renegotiate the contract and see where it goes from there. So, for me, I want to stay active. I don't want to be waiting around to fight anyone, you know, um, so I'm not young like I used to. So, I'm not really want to wait around and fight for the title or wait around to fight on a certain opponent. So, I'm willing to fight anyone who's ready. So do you think that uh, it's better for you to stay active because you fight better when you're active, when you fight more often? No, I don't think that's the case. It's just that I know I have my window of time is closing. and so To know, make money. To make money, yeah. So I don't have that much time left, so I just want to make money, not just sit around and wait. So who's left, though? Overeem's gone. Junior's gone. You knocked out Volkov, you knocked out Curtis, you know, like who who makes sense in that heavyweight division to you right now, other than John, Stipe, and Francis? 
That um, Rosenstreak or what? Rosenstrike. Yeah. Rosenstrike or I guess Gang. Mm-hmm. Gun who or just whatever beat Cyril Gun. Yeah. Who just beat Rosenstrike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, whoever, whoever I haven't fought yet in the top ten. But I'm th- glad they're not talking about that one guy anymore. I, I'm bad with names. I don't care who you are. I'm terrible with names. Which guy? Um, the guy that beat his wife. What's his name? Travis black Brown. Dude, the black dude. <laughs> the black guy. Who was that? Who? Greg, Greg Hardy. Oh, Greg Hardy. That's right. I'm glad they not asked me to fight him anymore. Did they really ask you to fight him? Yeah, they was. But he was just starting. Yeah, I know. They've been trying to get us to fight for a few years now. And is he released from the UFC? Did they release him after? Oh, uh, I don't know. Because he he got stopped by a Marcin Tibora, right? Yeah, that's who know. it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a CBD drink. It's good for you. No THC. Oh, okay. That's got my face on it too. Look at that. That's me. How did it feel? How did it feel to have your face on certain products? Uh, Weird. Not as weird as people tattooing my face on them. That's yeah, that the is weird. Shit. Yeah, especially when it's a dude, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of dudes. <laughs> yeah, I, don't th- I, I, I know of one lady who got my face tattooed on her. She's very pretty. Where'd she put it at? Uh, Right next to her. How your wife feel about that? She doesn't know until now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Look, I didn't ask the what lady. What kind of facial expression she put on there, though? Um, it was just a regular, regular picture. Just a regular okay. picture of my face. Yeah, I didn't ask her to. I don't know her. You know? No. Yeah, you got to say that now. I don't no, know her. You have I don't to say know her. I just, <laughs> she's just a lady who put my face on her leg. It's all good. Yeah, it'd be cool if a woman do that to me. I'm sure know. they have. You probably just don't know about it. There's yeah, probably no, one listening right stuff, now yeah. going, now yeah, I know yeah, my yeah. next tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a new one. Yeah. That's me with a UFO and some asteroids. It's amazing how good tattoo artists are now. Yeah. Like, that looks like a fucking photograph. It's wild. Like, they got the pores in my face and the gray in my beard and everything. It's nuts. Stone out of your mind. Stoned out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of those. Yeah. Um, how did I get, how did we get to that? Oh, the CBD drink. So we're talking about, um, the, the Greg Hardy fight. Yeah, that was, that doesn't make sense to me that they were trying to do that. Other, in, unless mm-hmm. they're trying to set Greg Hardy up with someone who's got a lot more experience than him. And, no, you know. it was really the, um, well, he fought Volkov, you know? Yeah. Greg Hardy fought Volkov and he fought well. He fought Volkov after I fought Volkov. Yeah. He fought well. Mm-hmm. I thought I was impressed. Like when you think of how little experience that guy has in mm-hmm. MMA, that he went three hard rounds with Volkov. I thought that was impressive. Yeah. yeah other than that, he seemed like an okay guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know him. I don't know. Um, seems like an okay guy. <laughs> but so d- there's no one that stands out as a potential opponent for you in the heavyweight division. No. So whoever want to fight just. Let's go. Holla at your so, boy. Yeah. So you just sit around, just wait for the phone call, right? That's it. Um, so we we would like to do some grappling tournaments with um, Chael Sonnen. So, oh, yeah? Oh, you're going to do submission underground? Yeah, we were supposed to do it in December, but the UFC said no because they might have me fighting again in December. And it's, this was before I was supposed to fight Curtis the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, if my fight is going to be in November, already fighting Curtis, why 
I can't do a match right there in December. Usually, it don't no matter how fast of a knockout that I, I would land. And so we kind of had knew something was up with Curtis because we kind of figured that maybe he's sick or it's something the UFC is hiding. Hmm. And so sure enough that the day before the fight, um, he he got tested positive for COVID. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. You never got COVID? Not that I know of. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I, if I'm sneezing or coughing or my feet itching, I'm thinking it's COVID. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they coming up with new symptoms every week, so you never know what you got now. So when you have a big knockout like the Curtis Blades knockout, does the UFC do they talk to you afterwards? Do they say that that was impressive. This is what we want to do with you. What do they say? <laughs> I face. I got a FaceTime from Dana afterwards. You know, he he talked pretty good. You know, I'm just leaving at that. Yeah. He, he talked pretty good. Yeah, he talked pretty good of me. You know, during the FaceTime and he said some other stuff too. But I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay, I understand. Yeah. You don't want to divulge any information. Not yet. They have, they have to be happy with that. I mean, that's oh, yeah, literally cool. one of the most spectacular. Ca- I think there's two super impressive one punch knockouts in the heavyweight division. There's uh, Francis, Francis knocking out Alistair yeah. and you knocking out Curtis. I think those are the top two of all time. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a better knockout the, than that uppercut. The noise that he was making afterwards. Yeah. I don't know if you heard the noise. I heard it, yeah. That reminded me of a fight I had in, in, um, in high school. It was at CC's. The guy was talking trash. Kept bumping me. It was the rival, rival um, school. We just finished playing a scrimmage football game against. And we was all sitting at the table eating pizza. And their school came in. And the guy just kept elbowing me in the back of my head. Like, like bumping me every time he walked by. And I thought he was messing with me at first, like playing around. Because I knew him since elementary. And but he was serious, and then he's like, "What's up?" And he stood in the middle of the um, the floor, just cussing me out and stuff like that. And soon as somebody cussed me out like that, I'm like, "I already think it's some hostile, hostile." And so I said, "Okay, what's up?" And just walked to him and just laid them out right there. And he just thought catching a seizure and making the same noise Curtis was making. And I was like, "Damn, maybe he about to die or something." And so. Well, we learned that if they turn their wrists inwards, that means they're about to die, that their body is shutting down. But if they turn it like the way Curtis was, then you're good. Really? Mm-hmm. So There's a certain a certain way, like whenever a guy gets stiff, if yeah. the wrists turn outwards, that means the body is shutting down. And if the wrists, if they keep their arms like this, that means they're going to be okay. Really? Mm-hmm. You sure that's not more of a he okay shit? <laughs> <laughs> well, I told y'all he's okay. He had his thumb up and all that. So. That was so fucked up. That was so fucked up when you made that post. <laughs> he's okay. He's got the thumbs up yeah, as he's going down. And his wrist was good. Yeah, look into that. I've never heard of anything Jamie? like that. Yeah, Jamie will find it. So... Well, I don't wonder why that is. Like turning, turning. That means the body is like shutting down. That is, you can't survive from it really. Mm. Uh, the other way is like survival mode. Your body. It's, so from that street fight, that's when you learned that. 
No, I just learned that a few few hours ago from my uh, coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uncomfortable watching someone out cold snoring. But whenever a guy talking trash, you know, it could happen to me. It was just no other better feeling. I'm glad it happened. You seem I'm glad so, he's okay, though. You seem so calm afterwards, though. Yeah, but in my head, I'm like, damn, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. That's but you just stay thinking. calm. Yeah. As crazy as things are now, I mean, you had one shot at the heavyweight title. You uh, you lost to DC. What was that mm-hmm. fight like? To me, it was. I felt like I was in the best shape of my career. Um, even though I came in with the knee problems, but it didn't really bother me until he started um, taking me down, and I started hobbling on that on my knee. Then I had the problem, but other than that, I felt the shape, my conditioning, everything was on point, and I really felt like that I was going to win that fight. DC is a hell of a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at that guy's career. I mean, pretty fucking amazing. The only guys he's lost to is Stipe and John Jones. You know, won the Strike Force mm-hmm. Heavyweight Grand Prix, and he's an undersized heavyweight. Won the heavyweight title, defended it, knocked out Stipe, who's on paper mm-hmm. the greatest of all time. I mean, you look at yeah. Stipe's accomplishments. Yeah. Now, going from that, what did you what did you get out of that? Like, what did you learn that you would apply if you fought for the title again? <clears throat> that I had to get surgery. Mm. And we was already in talking, talking to the UFC, trying to get surgery done before I took the JDS fight. And so they had me going to the doctors and stuff like that. They really get x-rays and MRIs and stuff done on my knee before the JDS fight. And they knew that I was... Everything was messed up, but we also wanted to still get that taste out of our mouth um, from losing to D.C., mm. and it ended up still backfiring, um, fighting JDS. So I ended up doing a surgery after the JDS fight. So after that, then you feel like you're a different person. Yes, after that, then I felt like I could really do more in the octagon and like move around and and just have my conditioning way better. Like, going three rounds, it's like, it was just completely different fighter then. So, how would you feel now if uh, the UFC says you're going to get a shot at the title? How much time do you think you need to prepare for that? Um, How much time I need to prepare for a title fight? Maybe six months. Six months? No, really? no, no. no. <laughs> but it just would be 25 minutes. It all depends on who the opponent. If the opponent is going to be a wrestler, I feel like I'm going to have to get my conditioning pretty good, at least eight weeks. If I'm fighting um, um, Francis, I believe like four or five weeks. Four or five weeks for Francis. Yes. Yeah. And is that a fight that you'd want to do again because of the first fight? Yes, for sure. Got to get that. Got to. Like if you do had that, that choice, yes. if mm-hmm. you had your choice, that would be the fight that you would get next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean who knows what's going to happen with him and uh, Stipe. Um, it's just it, it's got to be a weird situation for you because John Jones is waiting in the wings for a shot of the title, and then there's a title fight in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So at the minimum you're waiting a few months. Yeah, that's the only thing about it. I don't want to wait. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Rosenstrike, Cyril gone. Those are the two guys, and I guess it's got to be Cyril gone because Rosenstrike lost. Lost. Mm-hmm. He lost the last fight. Yeah, it all depends. I don't know how the UFC want to build up the Sir Gone guy mm-hmm. or if they want to throw him in there 
in the mix right away. So we'll see. Did you watch that fight? Rose's no. truck and Shogun? Mm. It was not the most eventful fight. It was... Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I started getting tagged in the fights only because they were saying that it still wasn't worse than Francis and, and Lewis <laughs> fight. And I'm like, damn, okay, shit. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, but it was five rounds, right? That was a five-rounder. Oh, that's bad. Then. It was... Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the most eventful fight, but Cyril Gon fought. He's fought smart, just moved around a lot, stayed on the outside, and mm -hmm. you know clinched some and just avoided big shots. He's a big dude though, Cyril Gon. Yeah, big, big, powerful heavyweight. It's interesting to see at least some new talent in the division, whether it's Frozen Strike or Cyril Gon. Mm -hmm. You know, out of all the divisions, the the heavyweight division, it's like it's hard to get big, powerful guys. Natural, natural yeah. heavyweight. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess the the couple of heavyweights that was on my card in the last fight, they look pretty decent. Who's that? I don't know their names. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm terrible with <laughs> names. Um, they won one of the guys for Orlowski. Oh, um, yes, 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 yes. You yes, know his name? Yes, yes, yes. The English fellow. He's very good. Yeah. He needs more experience, but um, Jesus Christ, why can't I remember his name? Don't help him out, Jamie. The guy who just fought Andre Arlovsky. Tom Aspinall. Is that how you say his last name? I haven't called. He's very good. Very fast. Mm -hmm. Isn't that his name? Andre Arlovsky's last opponent. What's that? It's not coming up. Usually when you type in their name, it comes like Google tells I think you. It's, it's, I think it's pronounced Aspinall. Is a an English gentleman. Yeah, he's very good, very fast. He's got a lot of potential, but, you know, yeah. he's a young guy, and I think he's like 24 or 25 or something like that, and he's, you know, on his way yeah. up. I don't think they'd have him fight you right away like no, that. No, no. I'm just saying, it's the future of the heavyweight division is pretty good. Yeah. Do you see yourself being a champ one day, or is it too crazy I'm to trying, think about? That's what I say. It's crazy to even think about. It'd be cool if I can, you know, but. You know, I wouldn't be bummed that I, that I couldn't, you know, achieve that goal. But if you could achieve that goal. If I could, it'd be cool, yeah. really couldn't tell me anything by then. <laughs> you know, even my kids, when I wouldn't care. They'd tease me walking around the house with no shirt on. You know, just walk around, then. that belt will cover your belly. <laughs> just put that big-ass yeah, belt yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, you have a really interesting opportunity in this life you're you're at a rare position very few human yeah. beings ever get to where you're at yeah go through what i went through to get to where i'm at yeah i know <laughs> it's crazy to think about so crazy yeah no i can only imagine and it's uh it's fun to watch you man you're one of my favorite guys to watch because anything can happen at any moment. Yeah, any given moment. Like the Curtis Blades fight or the Volkov fight or a lot of your fights. At any moment, you could drop a hammer on somebody and it's over. Yeah. This, the next fight, whoever it's going to be, is I'm a, I believe I'm be in real great shape for the fight. So it's going to be – it all depends on the type of shape I'm in with each fight. And I believe I want to be in better shape than I've ever been. And so – with me going in into a fight, like thinking like that, okay, I'm in great shape. Now I could go ahead and go for the finish in the first few minutes. So you're looking at 
your career right now is like this is kind of the home stretch you know the last mm -hmm. five six years or so whatever you got left for sure yeah so you want to go out with a bang out with a bang yeah do you have any idea what you want to do after you're done fighting <clears throat> um a lot of people say i should do acting uh comedy and stuff like that i don't think so um, I really just want to just sit back and collect checks and <laughs> real estate and stuff like that. Something more easier. Mm. Yeah, but you're a funny dude. Nah, nah. I'm you right. don't think so? Nah, nah. <laughs> you don't think so at all? Nah, no? nah, nah. Whenever I'm drunk, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm hilarious. Just when stay I'm drunk. drunk. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So, real estate investment. Yes, that's, that's a good what, move. That's what we're doing now. We that's got a good a few move. houses. Well, especially Texas. Texas is hot right now. Yeah, it's a good it's place to buy cheap. houses. Yeah, real cheap. Except for Austin. Austin probably the crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy here. Yeah, all the tech people are moving here. They're fucking everything up. And then me, mm -hmm. I fucked it up too. <laughs> moving here, <laughs> I'm bringing it all yeah. the comedians. Yeah, yeah. But uh, seeing the prices around, because I want we wanted to do something around the lake, like like. Austin or whatever, mm -hmm. but we seen the prices of it. It's like, damn, yeah, for it's not even an acre. It's over a million dollars. I'm like, nah, that's all right. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous here, but it's because it's a great place to live. Not Texas. downtown though. Now the homeless people. Yeah, you know, they gotta clean that up. Yeah, I don't know what to do. It's so like that, the episode though. of South Park. Like, <laughs> got any change? Change? <laughs> like everywhere you go in the grocery store, they ask for change. I'm like, damn, this is nothing compared to L.A. If you go to L.A. right now, it's like a zombie movie. It's nuts. Like, there's people have camped out everywhere, all throughout L.A. You see tents on the streets. It's very strange. It's sad yeah. because there's, like, so many people that are out of houses that, that just this is their only option. They don't know what to do. COVID and the, the pandemic mm -hmm. and the lockdowns just killed so many businesses, and it's fucked. I mean, yeah. I don't know how to fix it, but it's, it's not a good sign when a society is that – that yeah. fucked up that you've got people camping on their sidewalks. Mm. I don't want to be in charge of, like, having to handle something like that. It's like, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a tough job. Do you think you, you could run for office? If they pay me good, I would. Would you? Yeah, I'd be what like a Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor of Houston? Yeah, I'd be like, okay, Derek take Blue. some donations. We need some sponsorships. Go ahead and take everybody money. They'd be like, oh, I don't think we have a shot. So when you think about the future, you just think about investments and things along yeah, those lines. You have to, have yeah. to, because, you know, a lot of people doubting me still. Like, a lot of family members really doubting me. Still? Yeah. How can they doubt you still when you have the number one most heavyweight knockouts ever? No, they not even worrying about, the like, the fighting side of things. They, they talking about the financial side of stuff. Listen, if you so, can do what you've already done, you can do anything. Yeah. You just have to dedicate yourself to it, 100%. For sure, yeah. So, they, my motivation, you know, that's all it is. They motivate me. Does it motivate family. you to show people that they're wrong? Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, I can't really say it, but, yeah, my f close family, my own blood, you know, I don't want to be picking them up because, you know, family reunion coming up. <laughs> they talk of the family reunion. <laughs> But yeah, it's hard when there's people that you have to be close to, but yet you know it hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bummer. You know they're jealous and bitter. Mm -hmm. But that's always going to be the case if someone's successful, especially someone's like you that's so much more successful. 
than the average person. And I try helping them out. They burnt their own bridge. And expect for me to send a yacht to help them. <laughs> Can't do it no more. Well, listen, though. If you looked at it, you got to, you know, it's worth it. All of it's worth it. You know, mm-hmm. all the bullshit, all the dealing with the families. Just to be Derek Lewis in 2021? Come on. Yeah, yeah. If not, I would have been here in Austin asking everybody if, want some, uh, if they had some change and stuff like that. Yeah. No, you've got a great life, man. You've done amazing shit, and you got an amazing future, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a fan. I appreciate it. I'm happy to have you in here, man. That's cool. Um, Alyssa, um, my strength and conditioning coach, and she's a huge fan of you. Shout out to Alyssa. Yeah, there you That's go. the lady in the videos, the countdown videos that works you out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I've seen her. She's a huge fan, so she appreciate that, yeah. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> she looks good, too. She looks like she's a really good coach. Oh, yeah, she's real good. You know, it's shocking because she's she's a woman. Yeah, no offense to all the <laughs> women out there. I know council culture is real strong right now, but yeah, she's real good. How did you find you know? her? Um, she's – my coach used to train her um, in jiu-jitsu. And so he told me about, like, going over there. And she's close to my house. Were you hesitant so. at first? Like, a woman? Yeah, a woman. Yeah, but I think it you know, fits she's you, a different type of woman. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll give her a shot then. It fits you, though. Mm-hmm. Like, when watching it, I'm like, it's kind of it's kind of appropriate to see a big, bad motherfucker mm-hmm. like you with a woman telling him what to do. Beauty and the beast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, Derek, good luck with everything you do. I mm-hmm. uh, appreciate you, and, and I'm a big fan. And I thanks for coming it. in here, man. Thanks for having me, and thanks for not letting me eat bull balls on the <laughs> show. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye, everybody.